With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye fans, it's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show with the Polk County iClub, live from the Front Row Sports Bar in Clive on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome, Hawkeye fans, to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Got Mike Kulik here tonight, leading cheers. I'm not sure if he's the grandfather of our uh, fullback or just what the deal is there. We'll get some more details on that. But Kulik is in the house tonight. We are out here at the front row having a blast out here. They got steak night. We just had a big Polk County iClub board meeting out here. If you're interested in getting involved with the Polk County iClub, the second Monday, or I'm sorry, the second uh, Thursday of every month is uh, during football season. We have it the same night that we have a radio show. Six o'clock out here at the front row. So that's where you want to be. Anyway, hey, this is Joe Schmelka, president of the Polk County iClub. And we're broadcasting live, like I said, from the front row, front row located about 99th and Swanson out here in Clive. So come on out. If you're a Hawkeye fan, this is a place to be on Thursday nights from 7 to 8. Like I said, they got their famous steak night. Uh, they got a nice piece of sirloin, a baked potato, a salad bar. All of that for $12. It's awesome. It's a great deal. So it's a lot of fun. I uh, got my co-host, Connor Buffelli, here tonight. Connor, how you doing? Doing well. It's good to, uh, good to be back here after a win. Yeah. yeah. Shows are, the shows are a little easier to do uh, after a win than, uh, than they are after, after a loss. That is for sure. Um, and uh, let's see. We've got John Miller coming on here in a second or two. And then we'll have uh, Rob Howe on the second segment a little after 7.15 or so. And then our third segment, we're going to be joined by a special guest, James Ferentz. James Ferentz, so another one of the Ferentz, uh, Ferentz family. But James will be on with us uh, in that third segment, so that'll be kind of fun. Having something just a little different in there. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Like I said, we got uh, Connor Buffelli here, my co-host tonight. And then uh, I think we got John Miller online. John's yes, the founder sir. of the premier Hawkeye website, HawkeyeNation.com. And you want to get on there, John's got all kinds of awesome podcasts. Listen to him every week. Uh, great analysis of the game. He's got a game film thing on there. Lots of good articles, all kinds of good stuff. If you're a Hawkeye fan, you want to get to HawkeyeNation.com, best website out there for Hawkeye fans. John, how you doing, buddy? All is well down here. How are you? I'm good. I just want to note, too, uh, this is the first night. we got a new sponsor for the John Miller segment. Is that, is that what we want to call it? Maybe we'll come up with a little better jingle than that, the John Miller segment. <laughs> but that's brought to you by Iowa's own Templeton Rye, a new sponsor for the show tonight. We're loving the fact that we've got Templeton Rye, Keith, and uh, the gang at Templeton Rye. Awesome, awesome group of people. A lot of fun. Super, super product. Anyway, John, what do you, you know, we're kind of, Roughly at the half, halfway point of the season here, we've got a bye week at just about the right time. Um, what do you, what, what's your assessment of the Hawkeyes a, a, as we hit this halfway point and, and maybe touch base a little bit on the Illinois game? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Illinois game almost is a microcosm of the season thus far. Um, at times, it didn't look good. At times, it looked really good. And it left you wanting for more. And you could see that there were more makeable plays out there. And I think that's really the way this whole season's come on. I think that 
I think Iowa's in a decent position, really, to make a nice run to end this year over the last six games. You know, one of the biggest points to me, if you want to talk about what the story of the first half of the year is, I think you can almost succinctly put it here and figure out the rest on your own. Iowa entered the season with two fifth-year starters at tackle. They now have two freshman tackles on both ends. And there's your reason for the offensive woes, by and large. So I think they got a good opportunity to step forward because I've watched Tristan Wirfs live. I watched him watch the game over again. This guy is going to be really, really good, and he played at a pretty good level for the first-ever offensive tackle to start as a true freshman in the parents' area. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It, it, it's a team that, that they look awful <laughs> at times. I mean, they just they just don't do well at all on offense. It's a team that gets behind the chains a lot, you know, so to speak. They get third and longs quite a bit without penalties. Doesn't, and I'm having a lot of penalties. We're just not able to really run the ball very well at times. And then all of a sudden, you know, they make a big play, and something big happens. We seem to be a, a team that's really almost reliant upon the big play, whether it's Wadley. You know, Connor taking it for uh, a long run or a touchdown. Or in this past week, we had, you know, Brandon Snyder. What a great story. Him coming back, you know, they're right down there knocking on the door, and, and boom, he makes an interception and runs it back 90 yards for a touchdown. So it's just uh, it's not a consistent team. The only thing consistent about them, they're kind of like my golf game. The only consistent part of my golf game is the inconsistency. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, that, that, that's kind of the way that it, the, the way that it seems. Any surprises, John, as you look, uh, you know, even at the rest of the Big Ten and different things, anything that's really jumping out and surprising you uh, as you look at the Big Ten and you kind of look at the second half of our schedule, some of the teams that we're going to face? Yeah, Purdue's a lot better than what I thought they would be. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, they wouldn't compete for the West Division Championship, um, but they're a lot better than what I thought they'd be, and that's a game that I don't think you can just automatically put up in the windfall. I don't really think Iowa has any more of those. Illinois was the last one. There weren't a whole lot of those this year. That part of the season's over. Northwestern's not, to this point, is not as good as I thought they would be. I really thought they had a chance to be a pretty good team this year. And I, they're not playing like a good team. And, you know, Pat Fitzgerald teams can start out slow. They did last year, and, and they came on really strong. But this year's team just doesn't look like they have it. Ohio State's getting better. I, I, I said a few weeks ago I really wish – that Iowa's game against Ohio State and Penn State were flip-flops. I would have much rather had played Penn State or Ohio State in game four. I think by the time Iowa gets them in four weeks, they're going to be quite a, a bit better team. So will Iowa, but they're becoming more dangerous. And um, Nebraska's defense isn't very good. And I think uh, you know, they are going to have another uh, beatdown at home, back-to-back home beatdowns. Maybe the two worst back-to-back losses in Nebraska history, I might guess, before it's all said and done. So... I think they'll be having a new coach by uh, next year. So kind of keeping it on Northwestern, obviously they're having a down year so far, but whenever we seem to play Northwestern, it's always a close game. And going over there to to uh, Chicago area, um, I mean, what do we what do we got to do during the bye week to come out um, fast on offense for a change? I think just get worse farther along. Hopefully Boone Meyer can, you know, get healthy because that's that's another great lineman that you could have in the mix. In the passing game, work on those deep balls. Work on the timing of those deep balls because we all know, we all saw them. There were a number of long touchdown plays that Iowa left on the field in the first half. 
And I think that Stanley's capable of making those. And I think the receivers they have are a lot better than I thought they were going into the season. So I just make those makeable plays, and, and Iowa can really make it easier for itself. You know, Justin Jackson is, is a good running back. Clayton Thorson can be a dangerous passer. But I do like this year going there with Brian Ferentz as the coordinator, doing some things differently where Iowa's already breaking from tendencies this year to what they did in the Greg Davis era. And, you know, Northwestern's a team that has chirped about how predictable Iowa is. I don't think they're as predictable this year as they have been recently. What do you, uh, what do you see as a, a big surprise? Really, you know, outside of the offensive line, starting a couple of, of freshmen, um, you know, tight ends are really pretty, pretty, pretty darn solid. They may not be the greatest blockers in the world, but, man, they can catch the ball. That's for sure. Uh, you know, wide receiver. I don't know, John. What do you think? Uh, I, Easley, Easley looks really good to me. He does, and uh, he's he's a, he's a stud. I mean, he's a little small, maybe, but but he's he's solid. Um, yeah, it, it sure looks it sure looks like on defense. You know, uh, Miles Taylor looks to be kind of the odd man out right now, at least. But any any, any other surprises for you besides the offensive line? Yeah, surprised that Brandon Snyder's actually back, and that's just yeah. an unbelievable sure. story. And I'm really surprised that Snyder and Hooker are now your starters. Your opening day starters at, t- at safety were Gervas and, and the aforementioned Taylor. So, yeah, those are surprises. I'm, I really am surprised I was seven, eight men deep on the defensive line. I know Phil Parker talked about it in camp, but I kind of wanted to see it. There it is. And, and I also think that the wide receiver group, as I mentioned early on, they are better than what I thought they were going to be collectively. And Nate Stanley has exceeded all of my expectations at quarterback as in his true his true sophomore season. Yeah, he seems to be really good. And, you know, uh, I, I would have thought for sure that Manny Ragamba would be our, our number one uh, cornerback. And Jackson looks, man, Joshua Jackson, he looks great at cornerback. I mean, he's he's making all kinds of great athletic plays. And and uh, he looks like the, the next Desmond King if there is one, so to speak. So it, it's a fun team to watch. It's, uh, it's, 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 how do I say it? I don't know. It's frustrating, the right word. Inconsistent, a little frustrating. You see, like you said, such flashes, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're just, they just don't play that well. And then all of a sudden, boom, they make a big, big play. So anyway. They're unpredictable. All right, well, we don't. It's just, it, it's, out, <laughs> it's out of the norm that we've seen. They're unpredictable. I think the Brian Ferentz factor is a big part of that. And really, to me, this season was all about establishing a foundation for next year, and that that schedule next year is incredibly favorable. So, um, good things. True. Good deal. Hey, uh, real quick, instead of instead of predicting a score, since we don't have a game coming up this Saturday, there's no game. We're at a bye week. What what do you what's what's your prediction? Just rough uh, for the second half of the season. What do you think we're going to go? Four and two. I'm going to go three and three. My what are you looking guns, at? three and three. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, you know, it'd be easy to say Ohio State, Wisconsin, and maybe Nebraska. I think four and two is just as likely as three and three, but you know, I haven't seen enough consistency yet to come up with my six and six prediction, so I'll just stick with it. Okay. What about you, Connor? What are you seeing? I, oh, I think I'm going to go a little better than, than 500. Um, like you guys have alluded to, it's it's a game of ebbs and flows, and I'm thinking that all three phases of our of our team are going to kind of come together in cohesiveness for this this last uh, half. I'll probably five and one, you know, give them a loss. Oh, oh. But love it, love it. Crowd likes Jim's that one. That's for sure. Be happy. 
Yeah, like that for sure. You know, and, and it does seem that we always upset somebody, and, and that should have been the Penn State game. You know, they come into our house, and we seem to pull off an upset in Kinnick a lot of times, and that was really the one that kind of got away. So I'm hoping that they come back, and, boy, it should be nice to, uh, to uh, take Ohio State there a little bit later in the season. That would be a lot of fun. All right, John, thanks a ton for joining us tonight. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Everybody, get out there and get on HawkeyeNation.com. John and Steve Dace have got some great podcasts out there, uh, lots of good stuff to listen to, lots of great things to read. And remember, the John Miller segment is brought to you by Iowa's own Templeton Rye. So, all right, let's go ahead and let's take a quick break and listen to the sponsors of the show. Please give these supporters of Hawkeye Athletics your business. Remember, Bud Light is the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. This is Sports Radio 1460 KXNO. There we go, Hawkeye fans. My wife, Mike Kulik, the whole gang here, Kim Bradwell, leading the cheers tonight. It's a wild and crazy bunch out here at the front row, having a great time, rooting for our Hawkeyes. Finished first part of the season four and two, and uh, Connor's already told us they're going five and one or better uh, going into the second half of the season. So that's going to be great. Anyway, welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, broadcasting live from the front row here in West Des Moines. It's Joe Schmelka, president of the Polk County Eye Club. And like I said, we're brought to you by the great people at Bud Light and Dahl Distributing. Come out to the front row every Thursday. Uh, it's a great spot to uh, hang out. It's a great little Hawkeye bar. It's almost like a little museum in here. You want to get in here and you want to check it out. There's all kinds of signed memorabilia, old uh, uh, newspaper articles, all kinds of great stuff like that. They've got their famous steak night tonight, Mondays and Thursdays. Get out here, get a sirloin steak, baked potato, and, uh, and a salad bar for 12 bucks. It's an awesome time. And if you're not headed over to Kinnick or you want a spot to watch the games, they got great TVs here. Awesome place to uh, watch the games on Saturday. So come on out. A lot of Cubs fans here uh, tonight watching the game, too. So it should be a really good time. I don't think we've got uh, Rob on the phone yet. Rob? Oh, we do have Rob on the phone. Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com, the uh, recruiting guru, the guy who writes all the great articles, attends all the press conferences, and does everything. He's our... He's our main guy over in our city. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Joe. How are you guys? Good. We're really good. Very, very good. The weather's perfect here in uh, in Des Moines, and we're having a great time out here at the front row. And it's just it's just a good, good night. What uh, anything anything happening this week? What goes on during a, during a bye week over there? I, I know you had some a uh, couple of press conferences. Got to talk to the coordinators and things like that. Any insight uh, that surprised you or was interesting or Anything from uh, Brian Ferentz or uh, or uh, Mr. Parker, Coach Parker? Yeah, the bye week is, I guess I can't remember, years kind of run together, but they've been doing this for at least several years where we get the coordinators instead of Kirk during the bye week. And it's always insightful to, to get a, you know, get inside their heads a little bit on, on what happened, and, you know, for the first half of the season. And well, one of the most interesting aspects of it was Brian Ferentz kind of self-evaluating himself and being self-critical. Um, he was really uh, not happy with his game plan at Michigan State, um, especially in, in terms of being able to run the football. He just felt he could have designed uh, a better a better plan for that. And uh, Those of us that watched the game would probably agree 
Um, but sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, that's hindsight is twenty twenty, and um, you know, going back and look at it, he would change it now. But he thought he had a good plan going in. Um, so I felt that was interesting. I, I thought, you know, the and we kind of were moving this way. Uh, James Butler, uh, who injured himself in week three of the graduate transfer one running back from Nevada, um, he dinged his elbow up pretty good. And Kirk originally said he thought he would we would get him back after the bye week. That's not looking like a a, a prognosis that that's going to hold. So he could at least miss another game or two. Um, and then you get into the area of you know do you redshirt him and bring him back next year? Um, if he's, you know, if Torin Young and, and Ivory Kelly Martin, the freshmen, are playing well at this point. Um, and then I guess thirdly, for me, Phil Parker decided or, or stated that he felt like the pass rush was good enough this year, that, that he's happy with the pass rush, which I found to be interesting because I didn't agree with him. I, I had wrote earlier in the week that I thought that was one of the areas that could improve. He felt that the secondary was needed to be better in pass coverage, so... If I was looking at the, you know, three things that came out of uh, yesterday's press conference, those would probably be the top three. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, we, we don't seem to be putting a ton of pressure on our quarterbacks when, when we do get pressure on them. Obviously, like any quarterback, you're Tom Brady or, or anybody, Connor, you know, you get pressure on the quarterback, good things happen, it seems like. It leads to turnovers, it leads to, you know, pressures and bad throws and and uh, all, all kinds of good stuff for us. So that, that's that's a little bit surprising, a little bit interesting. Um, did he did he say anything about the you know all the changes at safety? Yeah, he did mention that, and we kind of assumed this because they you know with Brandon Snyder coming back against Illinois, it was obvious that he belonged on the field. So then that you know what do you do with Amani Hooker? Um, and Phil said yesterday that you know it looks like they're going to move forward with Amani Hooker as the starting strong safety, and and now put, move Miles Taylor to the bench, you know, a three year starter. So that's interesting from. From an aspect of you don't see Iowa do that a lot with a guy that's been starting for three years, but Miles has struggled and maybe going to the bench for a little bit, um, he can see things a little bit differently, and maybe that'll help him down the road because we've seen injuries before. He can help on special teams. He can certainly help Amani Hooker, Hooker in terms of coaching him up uh, from the sideline. So that's an interesting thing going forward, and it looks like um, maybe that will solidify the secondary a little bit. I think Josh Jackson had a really good year. Um, maybe Manny Ragumba gets healthy here um, with the bye week and, and with Ojemudia. They're getting some depth there. They've got some experience that they didn't have early in the secondary. Well, I'm uh, I'm most curious about the, the offensive line, and I know you talked to a lot of those guys over the bye week. Where where do you think they're at as far as attitude, mentality? Um, you know, we had the, the true freshman Tristan Wirfs in there at right tackle. I thought he struggled at times, but at the same time, I thought he played really well at times. I mean, it's very hard for any true freshman to come in and play college football. Um, but I'm just curious where you think the offensive line is heading heading into the bye week and then going towards uh, Northwestern. Did they solidify anything? Are they, are they meshing? Yeah, Connor, I think they feel good about what they saw against Illinois with that five. Um, as you said, Tristan Worms, the first true freshman to ever start a tackle uh, for Kirk Ferentz in 19 years, so that speaks volumes. They've only had four true freshmen that have played the offensive line or started on the offensive line uh, as true freshmen. So it's pretty heady stuff, and, and I agree with you. He, he had some bumps, but overall I thought he looked pretty good. Um, I guess the question for me is, and Brian said yesterday, uh, 
that they felt like those would be the five that they'd go forward with at Northwestern. As Boone Myers gets healthy, I'm interested to see how they work him in. Do they work him in at right tackle with Worf? Do they work him in where he's been playing at left guard with Keegan Render? Any way you look at it, it's a good problem to have. I think they finally, because of the early injuries, they've built depth there with Ross Reynolds, Levi Paulson's getting healthy. They're now probably at least seven, maybe eight deep at that position, and they're starting to feel better about the chemistry and continuity there. So I, I would expect that unit to play better moving forward. Anything out there? Uh, were you surprised that they switched punters? You know, was there was any any word around there? I mean, I I think it was absolutely needed, and it sure looked like uh, uh, number two. I can't say his, I can't remember his last name right off the top of my head. He he certainly looked like uh, you know there wasn't any pressure on him. He just stepped right up and and made three I think three really pretty nice punts. A couple of them were right into the wind. Yeah, Ryan Grisandi, uh a true freshman from Wisconsin. I think Iowa's played 10 or 11 true freshmen this year after playing 10 last year. So a lot of young guys there. He did look comfortable. Um, I think we talked about last week at Michigan, when I was at Michigan State, he was warming up, um, and I thought they, you know, the coaches were thinking about going to him, so it didn't surprise me a ton. I thought maybe they'd, they'd give Rastetter another chance Saturday, um, and then if he struggled to go to Grisandi, but... Gersandis must have shown them in practice that he's making the necessary strides to be out there. And I really thought he, he punted well the other day, like you said. A really nice hang time, um, and that's really the key right now. Well, that's good. All right, well, hey, uh, we're going to slide into our next segment here. We've got James, James Ferentz coming up. But real quick, uh, Rob, before we let you go, we, uh, we, we put John to this test, and we all did it as well. Uh, Connor and I did it as well. What's your, what's your prediction for the last six games of the season? Where do you think the Hawks are going to go? How many wins? How many losses? I had seven and five before the season, guys. I think they could do with one better than that, maybe more. Um, I don't see them beating, winning at Wisconsin, and I don't see them beating Ohio State. But I think they'll be favored in those other four, and I, I think they're playing enough, well enough to win them. So I'll go four and two in the second half for an eight to eight to four finish. I like that. I think we can go eight and four. I think I think that's a pretty darn successful season, and and so close, you know, so close in that uh, in that Penn State game. You really would like to have that and be sitting here right now at five and one. I think that would really be setting us up an awesome, awesome finish to the season. We didn't quite get that one. We got to find a, a, another nice upset before the end of the season. And Purdue's going to be tough too. John pointed that out. They're playing pretty good too. But it'll be a, it'll be a fun stretch drive. I think the uh, you know the uh, the bye week comes at a great time for us. And like you said, let's get some guys healthy and let's get some guys meshing. All right, thanks a ton, Rob. Appreciate it. We will talk to you next Thursday. Um, Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com. You want to get out there? Rob's got all kinds of great recruiting articles. Uh, he's got a podcast going. Everything's out there on the site, free site. Get out there and uh, jump on and, and uh, get a good read of all of Rob's great articles and great information. All right, let's take a quick break. And like I said, when we come back, we're going to have James Ferentz, uh on the show with us. So uh, we will uh, be, be pulling back into that. So remember, Bud Light the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. This is Sports Radio 1460 KXNO. All right, everybody. 
Hey, Hawkeye fans, welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Broadcasting live tonight from the front row here in, uh, front row bar here in West Des Moines, Clive areas. Joe Schmelka, president of the Polk County Eye Club, joined tonight and every Thursday night by Connor Buffelli, former, uh, Hawkeye player. And, uh, a couple quick announcements. Eye Club, Polk County Eye Club's got their winter sports luncheon. We'll be having that on, uh, November 7th. November 7th, that's a Tuesday. I think it's election day again, but that was the only day we could, all the coaches over here. So we will have uh, Lisa Bluter, Tom Brands, and we'll also have Fran McCaffrey over here in West Des Moines for a luncheon. It'll be out uh, at the Valley uh, Community Rec Center, and that's right out by uh, Valley Stadium out there. So tickets are $20. You can get them on Polk County iClub website. I think you can just Google Polk County iClub, and uh, they'll probably get you there. But it's www.polk iClub.com, P-O-L-K-I-C-L-U-B.com. So get out there for that. It's a really good event, a lot of fun, great lunch. And uh, Bobby Hansen is going to be our MC, and we should have a lot of fun with that. It's always, it's always a good time out there. So once again, November 7th, go to the website, PolkiClub.com. All the details there, you can buy tickets online. And our fabulous treasurer, Kim Bradwell, will uh, shoot you uh, the tickets right out to you in the mail. All right, next segment is the Iowa Pork Producers. They sponsor it. Uh, Joyce and Kelsey out there with the Iowa Pork Producers, they do a great job. It's normally called our assistant coach segment. Uh, the guy we got on tonight, he's not an assistant coach yet, Connor. Not but, yet. Uh, they're, they're, he, he certainly he certainly got it in, uh, in, in the family tree there. So uh, we're joined tonight by James Ferentz. James, great to have you on tonight. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Probably closer to like an assistant water boy than anything. <laughs> Come on, man! You're the brains. You're the brains. We know that. We know that. You're sending. Uh, you're sending bro- brother Brian some plays. I'm sure every week. Give us a little rundown. Uh, okay, you got done with college. You know wh- where'd you go? What are you doing nowadays? And uh, how's everything working out for you? Yeah. So uh, you know, after I graduated, you know, I spent a year trying to catch on with a team here in the NFL, and uh, you know, didn't have much luck. Had a couple tryouts, things like that, and then. You know, the following season after that, I was able to catch on down at Houston with their practice squad. Um, and then, you know, spent two years out in Denver. Um, and now I'm out here in uh, New England on their practice squad. So, you know, still just trying to, you know, find my way onto a roster and, uh, you know, still chasing a, you know, dream of playing in the NFL. You got a nice big uh, Super Bowl ring from that time in uh, Denver, didn't you? Yeah, right right place at the right time. Yeah, we, it, was a, it was a really good team. And, uh, no, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and I mean, um, you know, talk about a long ways from uh, hanging out, you know, in Iowa City there. Yeah. So true or false, Houston, your time in Houston is what inspired you to name your, your firstborn son after J.J. Watt? No, false, false. That was, I think, uh, I think Brian's a big J.J. Watt fan naming his son John James. Oh, John James, John James. I see. That's good. You think uh, you think someday? Do you, do you have aspirations when your playing career is over? Do you, do you think you're going to follow your dad and your brother and and, and get into the coaching side of things, or uh, you got other plans? Yeah, you know, I don't really have any plans. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've uh, God, I've been asked that question a handful of times now, and I just I really should have a better answer than I do. But you know, the focus right now is just to try and keep playing and. It's hard to to really look past your playing career, especially you know with the way things are right now. You know, you could be over tomorrow. You know, they could say you know see you later. So, 
you know, I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into it. It's something, obviously, I, I guess the easiest thing I've, conc- or I've concluded is that, you know, it's hard for me to see football not a part of my life in some way. You know, everyone talks about your dad and, and Brian, but most people probably don't realize that Steve's on the staff. Steve's helping uh, coach the tight ends, helping helping LeVar Woods out. So, yeah. you know, he's yeah. very much uh, following in those footsteps. So um, it's, just a shout-out to Steve. It's funny. Uh, so Steve's been working as a student assistant, and they stick him in that room. It's called, like, the pit, and it's like, I mean, no windows, just all computers, you know, breaking down film, as you can imagine. It's just a, it's a really, like, gritty, grindy job. And Steve's been actually really enjoying it. Every time I talk to him, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, some of it stinks, but, you know, it comes with the grunt work. But uh, this past summer, it was funny. Those guys were out there doing skills and drills. And I don't know when, how recently you've seen Steve. Steve's, like, he's down to, like, 230 now. So, I mean, he was playing at, like, 280. So he's dropped a good amount of weight, but they were out there doing skills and drills. And I looked out there, and Steve's out there. He's got, like, that same, like, I don't know what that stance my dad has where, you know, he's kind of, like, off on one hip. And, I mean, it was eerie how similar they looked. <laughs> no, I, I can see Steve being a, being a great coach. So I think it's uh, it's a good thing that, that he's uh, helping that tight, tight, tight end room out. Um, you know, and obviously – if you end up there, you end up there, but time will tell on that. Hopefully not for a long time. Yeah, What's, uh, give, give us a couple of your best memories, you know, as a Hawkeye. What are, what are, a, couple of the, what are a couple of the biggest, you know, memories that, that, that you have from uh, your time at University of Iowa? Uh, you know, um, probably the one that always stands out is you know, my senior year. We, we weren't a great football team. Like, we really didn't have much of an identity and, um, you know, it's just kind of really an up and down season, but, you know, we started out big time play pretty well up at Michigan State and, you know, talk about a hard place to win as, you know, we saw the other week. Um, but, you know, Greg Castillo had that interception in overtime and, uh, you know, that was probably one of the just, just a great moment. But, um, you know, that one always sticks out in the locker room after that. I think it was my dad's, uh, 100th win or 101. And I never, you know, you know, he, he gets all, you know, emotional after every game, but, and you go to hand him the game ball, you know, hey, congratulations, 100 wins. And he, like, didn't even, like, get bad an eye. He just said, let's get 101, and that was it. Then I think we promptly lost four games in a row, so we didn't quite, <laughs> uh, you know, fulfill his request. <laughs> uh, it has to be, it has to be uh, you know, j- just a ton of fun. What about some of the, you know, the favorite guys that you played with? Who are some of the favorite players and, and, and maybe a memory or two, you know, of them? I guess I gotta uh, put Connor on that list by default, right? I would, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to. It, you don't have to, but you yeah. can. But you can. Uh, no, I played with a lot of great guys, and I mean, the, the offensive line room in general is a special place. And you know, obviously, I'm pretty biased. I think at Iowa, it's really special because you know we really do. It's like you know, 14 guys, 15 guys. We really do end up all becoming pretty close. And, you know, you can go there from my first years there with Rob Brueggemann to, you know, you know, then living with guys like Riley Reeve, you know, uh, Marcus Zusafix, you know, Geddes, Vanderbilt. You know, you, the list goes on. And obviously guys like then, you know, closer to my age, Connor, uh, Noel McMillan, uh, Matt Tobin, just, you know, a lot of great guys. It, it's hard to narrow that list down. But, uh, man, you, you play with a lot of really good guys. <laughs> 
What about your time in the NFL being with O'Brien, then you had Kubiak, then you have Coach Belichick, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about what makes each of them different and what makes each of them kind of successful in their own coaching style. Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting. You know, you, you come from Iowa where I'm used to obviously how my dad does things. And um, then, you know, you go play for a guy like Billy O'Brien, as you know, Connor. He's, you know, he's very by the book. You know, he's very clear and uh, maybe almost a little too blunt with what he expects from you if you're not doing it his way. And, um, and I would never forget uh, Coach O'Brien would always say, you know, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, you know. You know, you know, implying that, you know, every coach is different. Every coach has a different philosophy and how they want to approach things. And it, it's really hard to say this is the right way, this is the wrong way, especially then when I ended up going and playing for Coach Kubiak, who did things very different, differently from uh, Coach O'Brien. He, he really let the players take control of the locker room and the, you know, um, not so much like a practice schedule, but, you know, he, he would listen to guys. Hey, guys are a little banged up. Let's, you know, let's hold off a little bit. And then, um, you know, obviously he, he's had success everywhere. He's gone his career. And, uh, you know, we had that great run there in 2015. So, I mean, that, that obviously works. And then, you know, come out here to New England and it's, um, for obvious reasons, it's very similar to how Coach O'Brien does things, you know, coming from Coach Belichick and his, it's also been kind of cool seeing that this is a guy my dad has worked for, and I can see where a lot of my dad's philosophies were molded. So, um, you know, it's, it's been really, really, really cool to see so many different ends of the spectrum and coaching, coaching styles, philosophies. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to say, like, you know, if one's better than the other because, you know, all these guys have had success. Um, you know, you can look at what Coach O'Brien's done in Houston and then what Coach Kubiak did in Denver and then at his time in Houston and then obviously Coach Belichick's record speaks for itself. Yeah, talk a little bit. You know, we talk a lot about coaching, a lot about football, a lot of different things. Um, I've gotten to know, you know, your mom a little bit at some of the events she comes to and different things. And, and obviously she's a she's an amazing person. And uh, and, and some of the really cool things, you got to be incredibly proud of her and, and all the different things that, that, that she's done. But... You know, tell us, tell us maybe some of your favorite stories about your mom. You know, she had to have obviously been getting after you, making sure you're, you know, doing well in school and cleaning your room up and all that stuff. I, I know your dad's a pretty busy guy, but what, 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 do you, what do you got to tell us, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a cool story about your mom? Oh, yeah, my mom, man. I mean, you talk about somebody who's, you know, raising five kids with my dad, you know, you know, with the hours that these coaches work, you know, it, it's really hard for him to be at home and help out. So, obviously – you know, my mom's like load, not that any, you know, um, stay at home mother's load is lighter than the other. I mean, as we're finding out with our son, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work just with one and she did it with five of us running around. So, uh, yeah, you know, I can't say enough, but, you know, about my mom, probably the, the biggest thing about her is, you know, she had to drag us all to the sporting events. And, uh, you know, when we came back into Iowa in fourth grade, you know, I remember all my buddies and, school like it was wrestling basketball was a little bit popular maybe more popular in our school because i actually went to elementary school with matt gaten but you know it was a little bit more popular with matt but i remember everybody wrestled so my mom was like okay you know we'll go to wrestling we'll try this out and after like i think three or four years of it she was like all right this is enough you know you coming home you got ringworm on you 
you go to a gym, you, know, you sit there for <laughs> 12 hours to wrestle for, you know, 12 minutes. And uh, so, you know, she, she always lugged me around all that. And, you know, she, she wasn't afraid to tell me what she thought about, you know, the waiting period. And then she's like, and then I got to go watch you out, go out there. And, you know, as most wrestlers would tell you, the first few, you know, years of your career, usually you get beat up. So she's going to go out there and watch me get beat up. And then she's like, I can't believe you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But no, nah, she was the best. You know, she she took us to everything, and it, even with five of us running around, it she always found time for everybody. You know, with all of our different activities, and you know, she it was incredible looking back on it. Why don't you uh, end this segment talking to us a little bit about what you do in your free time? What are what are some of your hobbies? What do you do when you're not at the facility in uh, in New England? Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit different coming out to Foxboro. Um, it, it, it's like uh, it's our first time being out in really the New England area, so it's been kind of interesting. But, you know, we my dad has an old fan, uh, friend out here, uh, John Bridge, someone he coached with uh, a while back, and uh, they actually live out here in uh, Southie out in Boston, and then they actually also have a place on the Cape, so... The very little free time we have had, we, you know, we took our kid out to, uh, the ocean for the first time. So that was really cool. And just, you know, trying to get a feel for the layout out here. It's a little bit different compared to everywhere else we've been. Um, just in the sense, that I think that's just how New England is. So it's been getting a little bit of adjustment for us, but, you know, we still try and find time to, you know, go out and enjoy each other's company, maybe throw a few darts. I know you've You've tried to keep up throwing darts with us in the mm-hmm. garage from back in our playing days. <laughs> uh, the dart playing. Uh, when you're over at Tom Brady's house having dinner, I, I assume that's a, kind of a weekly thing. Has he got a dart board over there? Yeah, you know, I'm still, I think he might have uh, lost a piece of paper I put my phone number on or something. So I'm not sure. <laughs> still waiting on that phone call from him. <laughs> All right, James. Great to have you on the show tonight. Uh, very entertaining. You're a great guy. Best of luck with your career out there, and and uh, I, I hope, man, I hope you get another ring. That would be that would be absolutely awesome, and uh, and get out there, and and you're always representing the Hawkeyes, very very favorably. So we appreciate you having on the show. If you get back to Des Moines, get on out here and see us some night, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys. All right, take care of yourself. All right, hey fans, uh, that was brought to you by the great people at the Iowa Pork Producers. Uh, they're the proud sponsors of the assistant coaches segment, and that's what we had James on tonight. So that was awesome. That was kind of a nice change of pace for us. Hey, it's time for us to take our final break. Quick reminder, Hawkeye or Polk County iClub Winter Sports Luncheon on Tuesday, November 7th. Tuesday, November 7th. Go to our website, uh, Polk, www.polkiclub.com. Buy tickets right on there, credit card. And our fabulous treasurer, Kim Bradwell, will send them off to you in the mail. But that's the... 7th of November. Okay, remember that. All right. Bud Light is the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. This is Sports Radio 1460 KXNO. There we are, Hawkeye fans. My wife here leading the cheers, as always. We've got all kinds of famous people in the audience tonight. Addison Broughton's in the audience with us. we got the Cubs game on, although that's not trending too well for our favorite Cubs 
uh, tonight, but hey, they can always come back. They can always come back. Anyway, welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show broadcasting tonight from the front row. Front row is located out here in Clive on 99th and uh, Swanson Boulevard right here by the Willis Auto Campus. So come on out here and, and join us on Thursday nights. They've still got another hour of steak night going. Uh, I'm about halfway through one right now, as a matter of fact. Get a great sirloin steak, a baked potato, and a salad bar for 12 bucks. So you want to be out here for that. A lot of people in here watching the Cubs games. they got all kinds of great specials. It is just an awesome Hawkeye bar. If you're coming into Des Moines for any reason, if you're listening to us outside uh, the area like my mom and dad are tonight, uh, you want to get to Des Moines sometime and you want to catch this bar if you're a Hawkeye fan. Remember, Hawkeye fans, uh, in the Des Moines area and really all surrounding areas from here, we're going to have our winter sports luncheon. That's going to be uh, with Coach Bluter, Coach Brands, and Coach McCaffrey. Uh, Bobby Hanson will be the MC for that, and that's going to be on Tuesday, November 7th. Okay, tickets are $20 a piece or a table of eight for 150 bucks. It's a great time. It's going to be right over just south of Valley Stadium at the Valley uh, Church Rec Center, and it's a great spot, great time. It's a luncheon, so we'll be having lunch served over there. $20, you get a great lunch, and you get a great program. So think about that. Go to polkiclub.com, www.polkiclub.com. All right, Connor, we got a couple of minutes before we finish up here. Uh, what's your, what's your MVP? Who's your MVP instead of doing a player of the game segment? We'll do our MVP for the first six games of the season, offense and defense. Uh, defensively, it's hard, uh, not to give it to Josie Jewell. I mean, he's leading the Big Ten in tackles right now and he's just all over the field for us and he's kind of our, obviously he's our captain on the defense, telling everyone where they need to be and getting everyone lined up. Um, offensively, it's a little harder. I'd probably give it, uh, a tie between Stanley and Wadley. I think uh, Stanley's played much better than anyone thought or anyone could have hoped that uh, a quarterback uh, starting his first year could 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 play for us. Um, Wadley's obviously the the big play threat. He's our home run threat, and he's playing very well. But I'll give a consolidation. Um, MVP on the O-line to Sean Welsh. Um, you know, he's kind of been our anchor there, and he's played every game. So, Yeah, he's looked really tough, too. Yeah, I mean, I, on offense, I think you got to go You got to go with Josie Jewell, no doubt. I think the more surprising player for me is probably Joshua Jackson. I mean, he really looks like he's elevated his game. He's playing very, very well, and it sure is good to have Brandon Snyder back, I think, too. And Neiman's playing really, really well at linebacker. So that's going to be a good thing. Uh, on offense, yeah, I mean, Wadley's out there and obviously Stanley. I think Hawkinsmith has really jumped in at tight end, and he's he's going to be a force as we go down the end of the season. And Noah Fant, he's just got potential, potential, potential to do anything and everything that uh, that he wants to. So, all right, Hawkeye fans, there you have it. Hey, this is Joe Schmelka, president of the Polk County Eye Club, joined by uh, Connor Buffelli and John Miller. And we're thanking you for uh, listening to us tonight. Remember that, Hawk, that's that uh, Polk County Eye Club banquet, winter sports luncheon? Come out for that, all right? Anyway. Thanks, Hawkeye fans, for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. See you next Thursday.